Hey, Unexplained Ones, this is Dr. Mounts, and thanks for tuning in to All Things Unexplained, where we talk about everything from Bigfoot to UFOs to astrophysics and everything in between. So if that sort of thing is for you, make sure to follow us wherever you podcast, along with a review and a rating. It takes a lot to get All Things Unexplained on the air, and this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. You can support the show by checking us out on Linktree at A-T-U Podcast. That's A-T-U Podcast. There you'll find links to all our socials. You can support us on Venmo. You can purchase your official All Things Unexplained merchandise. And you can even book us on Cameo. And now, let's get to the show. All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Previously, on All Things Unexplained. Well, 1967, I was a missile launch officer at Maelstrom Air Force Base, Montana. But we had control of 10 nuclear missiles. And and sometime in the evening, I get the first phone call from my security guard. And he said they'd been seeing some strange lights in the sky. Making no noise flying very fast, stopping on a dime, reversing course, making 90 degree turns, noiseless. Uh, he said they are not aircraft, sir. We had uh, reports in the, uh, in the city of Great Falls uh, in the newspaper at the time of people seeing these strange lights um, and reporting them as UFOs. and. Um, uh, he calls back, and this time he's screaming into the phone. He's frightened. You can tell by his voice he was very frightened. He said he had all the guards out with their weapons drawn. They were looking at a uh, glowing red-orange object hovering above the front gate. It was a pulsating red-orange light. I, I told him, well... Make sure you secure the facility. I was injured and he had to hang up, so he hung up the phone. All our missiles started going no-go or shut down. We also had two um, uh, sites, the launch facilities where the missiles were actually located about a mile or so away. We had incursion lights at two of the facilities, so they, they got close to the sites and saw UFOs hovering over, over those two sites.
Hello, all you unexplained ones out there. This is CJ Derringer along with my co-host, Dr. Tim Mounts. We are thrilled to have all of you joining us. We are also so grateful to our guest this evening. Welcome to the show, Bob Salas. Thank you for joining us. Hi, CJ and uh, Dr. Tim. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Did you stay at this base much longer after this? Yeah, incident? I was there for another two years on crew duty, and mm-hmm. uh, and we got no uh, debriefing on what happened to us or the Echo flight. Uh, uh, we were never told about any investigations that were ongoing, and there were there were investigations. I later found out. Uh, so. I've written all this up, by the way, in, in, in my books. Um, yes. Uh, so uh, I've done quite a bit of research. I've got quite a, like I said, a lot of witnesses supporting these events that I've described. Um, uh, so like I said, it's a very well-supported case. I did yeah. brief, I did brief Arrow uh, in February. Oh, you did? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, because you were, yes, your incident was brought up by, I believe, a, a congressman yeah. of some sort at an initial one. And he, he was a little bit feisty to get yours researched. <laughs> he was like, what about this incident at Maelstrom Air Force Base? And yeah, he said, was, oh, we don't, you know, we have no knowledge of that, you know. Yeah, that was favorite quotes is from Arrow. So some of that, I think, sir, will save for closed session. Yes, <laughs> there was a lot of that. So let's let's back up just a little bit before we dive into that. Um, okay, so almost 30 years go by. You have sat in silence with your knowledge of this event, and you decide, okay, I'm going public. Since then, you have been on every show that cares about UFOs in any way, shape, or form. You've written three books. We've got Faded Giant, which you published in 2005. We have the UFO phenomenon published in 2013 and coming out later this year, UAP's The Nuclear Puzzle. Tell us a little bit about about your writing and what you've done with each of these books. Yeah, well, Fate of Giant uh, talks about the incident itself. Uh, It also has quite a few of the documents we received from... um, um, uh, Hold on one second, please. Sure. Honey, honey. We can go ahead and mute him while he <laughs> takes care of things. <laughs> okay, sorry. There we go. Oh, all so, good. We're constantly having noises in our background, I assure you. <laughs> dogs, kids. All yeah. the things, yes. Yeah, life goes on. Um, yes, it does. So, Beta Giant uh, has quite a few of the documents that were received under the Freedom of Information Act, and it it describes the incident, uh, uh, both the Echo and Oscar incidents, in in, in detail. Uh, the next book uh, primarily um, uh, goes a little bit more into uh, my incident, but also many other incidents related to um, what happened to us. Uh, other U, excuse me, UFO flyovers, nuclear facilities, and uh, other stories, uh, 
It, it also talks about uh, the international UFO cabal or secret group that's operating on an international level. Very well UFO organized. UFO cabal? Yes, cabal. I've never Me- even heard of this. Well, you got to read my book then. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> do. True. I noticed uh, okay. the forward by Stanton Friedman. Yeah. Uh, did you have an opportunity to speak to Stanton much? Oh, yeah. Stanton and I knew each other very well. Uh, even from the beginning, uh, when I first gave my my first interview to the Great Falls Tribune, he happened to be in Great Falls <laughs> uh, while I was there. So uh, we did talk uh, many times. So we were on UFO conferences together many times. Great guy. Uh, too bad we lost him too early. Um, but yeah, that book talks about this international group, which I'm convinced exists even today, that's uh, holding these secrets. And I also mm. talk about my own uh, experience. Uh, I write about my own experience with um, 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 abduction. Um and then the next book, uh, will, which will be printed in November, is uh, really a revision of that previous book. Um, but I go into uh, um, more details on uh, each chapter, and I also bring everybody up to date as to uh, what's been going on more recently. Wonderful. And where can people purchase these books? And you can purchase any of these books on Amazon. Okay. On Great. Amazon. Um, Under Robert Salas. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And I absolutely now need to go read that book. This sounds like a <laughs> great mystery that I would just love to know more about. So you can count on me to be a purchaser of that one. Let's move forward a little bit. You've had this incident. You decide you're going to start speaking about it. How has this incident impacted your life and your career? Well, um, I was... um, After after I started getting... um, uh, information from the Air Force uh, under the Freedom of Information Act and writing those books and going on talk shows. Um, uh, at first, and my wife will confirm this, I, I thought I had done my job, you know, by um, just talking about my incident, but <laughs> uh, this is something that just, uh, I don't know, I was, after that, I just became committed to making mm-hmm. sure that public was aware of these kinds of incidents and I later met up with uh, Robert Hastings who wrote the book uh, UFOs and Nukes and uh, realized there were many many incidents um, and then uh, other witnesses came to me to write about their stories and some of those are in that second book I told you about um, uh, so I, I just couldn't let it go um, I feel like I said, uh, once I've, I accept the fact that some of these have happened, I write about them, talk to people. Um, uh, 
I feel responsible for informing the public, and so that's where I am today. I'm I'm uh, continually involved. It's kind of taken over my life. Yeah, ever evolving for sure, yeah. and it seems like it's only getting more prominent in our day-to-day -day life, especially in the media. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the abduction that you mentioned. Would you share? Are you willing to share? Uh, real us? quick. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's written up in that book. Uh, but um, 1985, I was uh, uh, staying with my, uh, of course, my wife and I had two children uh, at a particular house in Manhattan Beach, California. What? <laughs> I was born uh, in Torrance, in, at Torrance oh, Memorial were? Hospital. Yeah, in 1985. So maybe your kids and I knew each other. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, my, uh, my daughter was born in Torrance. Anyway, um, sometime in the middle of the night, uh, I wake up. Uh, there's a, I see a blue light coming from the living room. We don't have any blue lights in the living room. And then uh, I wake my wife up and ask her if she sees the blue light. She says, yes. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to have to go check it out. Uh, could be a burglar. Um, so I try to get up off the bed and all of a sudden I'm paralyzed. I can't move. And um, I remember struggling intensely. This was not a dream. I, because I remember struggling uh, intensely to um, get my mobility back, couldn't move. I turned to my wife and asked for help, and she now was unconscious. So uh, next thing I realized is there's an odd, uh, looks like someone in the bedroom door with a hood on, uh, I can't make out the face. In fact, it seemed to me like um, it was blackened or I, I just couldn't make out any face. Um, and after that, I'm aware of what I think of our small children uh, in the room. Uh, that's the way they seemed to me. And again, I don't recall what they looked like except that they were small. Mm. Um, lifted off the bed and taken towards the window. I think to myself, these children won't know how to open the latch, I lock the window. They take me right through the window. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what happened. Took me right through the window. Next, I'm on board, apparently on board a craft, um, uh, lying on a table. And I'm being shown a needle, uh, a long needle, with long bony fingers being held right in front of my eyes. They want me to see this needle. They say uh, telepathically again, uh, we're gonna insert this in your groin area and uh, it's not gonna hurt. Well, they started to do that. And it was very, very painful. I expressed that it was very painful and all of a sudden the pain goes away. <laughs> Hmm. So, um, um, presume they took a sample of sperm. Uh, after that, uh, they 
set me up on the table. There were two small beings on either side of me that escorted me to a area that was built into the side of the craft, uh, like a bench area. They sat me down and um, and they took me over to another area where uh, uh, appeared to be a doctor or nurse uh, turned me around and poked their fingers down my spine like that. That was it. Uh, then they escorted me through a curved hallway. And again, I was not walking, I was floating uh, around a curved hallway and then bright white light and I was back in my bed. Uh, the next morning, I didn't remember any of this, none of it, and neither did my wife. Uh, so we'll go forward, I think it was another 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we were in uh, Ireland. I was speaking in Ireland at a conference and, and we were listening to another experiencer and she mentioned um, a blue light filling her room before she was taken. And I uh, turned to my wife <laughs> and said, do you remember a blue light uh, in our bedroom a long time ago? And she said, yes. And that's the first time we'd ever talked about it. And, at all. And uh, that evening I got um, regressed, hypnotic regression. And, um, and that's where some of these wow. uh, facts came out. I've, I've had four hypnotic regressions. Um, and that's how I got some of these details. Yeah. <laughs> Unpacking that one. A lot of people that we have talked to on this show that have had abductions or experiences in the moment were very terrified and later on realized that actually there was nothing that these aliens were attempting to do to harm them, that in many cases they were possibly helping them, that they weren't coming with any malintention. What is your thought on what happened to you? Uh, well, I don't know that I could come to... Um, I I don't think any, they had any malintention per se, no. Um, but what I do think is, uh, because I have uh, looked into the abduction experience also, obviously, because it happened to me, I, I'm interested in what's happened to other people. Um, um, I've heard so many stories um, that um, make me believe that they are producing hybrids, mm. hybrid them and us uh for what reason i don't know uh, it's up to uh discussion speculation so i couldn't tell you why but i'm convinced they are producing hybrids uh and people yeah i don't think they try to harm people uh, for the most part i think people do get frightened but uh, uh, uh people come back with uh, some uh, re recall their experiences on board with much more detail. Um, and um, I know they're taking children at a young age and uh, maybe trying to educate them in some paranormal topics. Uh, yeah, um, mm. 
kinesiology, things like that. So go ahead, Tim. Well, I, I tell you, Bob, that is one thing that intrigues me, and I was hoping to get your thoughts on some current events, but we were lucky enough a couple weeks ago to talk to Travis Walton, who mm-hmm. you might, might remember was the subject of yeah, I know Travis. Fire and set, right, and he was a tremendous guy. We loved having him, him on the show. But mm-hmm. with all this current modern attention around UFOs, NASA, Arrow, uh, government hearings, uh, mm-hmm. television shows, etc. Well, at least in, in the public realm, they never acknowledge any sort of thing to do with abduction. What? What is your? It's almost like they're whitewashing no, it for our not, ability to process it. What's your take on that? They're not going to acknowledge it. I don't think uh, they don't want to discuss the uh, high strangeness, I guess, uh, aspects of this phenomenon. But uh, these, uh, the abduction phenomenon, is very real. There's no question about it. Um, uh, and other things like crop circles. Um, uh, but I think our uh, government wants to focus strictly on uh, whether these are a hazard to air safety or, or national security. And that's gonna be their focus. And, and you'll probably, uh, and that's all they're gonna talk about. Uh, so it's gonna be really up to the rest of us to bring these stories forward uh, in information forward and um, and make the the general population of the world really um, um, understand the, the reality of some of these other aspects of this phenomenon but I seriously doubt that our government is ever going to talk about it even though I'm sure <laughs> They know about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they've been studying this for at least 70 years um, after Roswell. And, um, um, but there's some things that they just won't talk about. Oh, man, I have so many questions. I don't even know where, where to go <laughs> with them. And I want to also be very respectful of your time. We're so grateful to have you with us. Um, yeah, no, none of us know why they're hiding these things and they obviously know that these things are happening. But one thing that you mentioned was getting the general public to talk about them, to come forward with their stories. How do we convince people to do that? Because I know, like I mentioned before we started this show, when I got involved, people would ask me, are you really doing a show about UFOs? And I was like, oh, yes, why? Why? (laughs) And then they would say, oh, I've seen a UFO. And they would have never told anybody in their lives until this moment because they felt it was a safe place for them. And I know that, you know, had have I, if I had had an experience, am I going to tell anybody? I've got young kids who I want to have friends and what are their parents going to think of me? You know, it's a big hurdle. Yeah, it is a hurdle. Um, there's still a stigma attached to talking about little green men or gray men, whatever color you want. Um, and abductions and, uh, however, 
it it does take it does take courage. You have you have to overcome your um, your feeling of your fears of, of telling your stories uh, in order to get the word out there. Um, there are. Uh, for example, uh, there's a group called CERO, which talks about, um, uh, which brings abductees together. There are other groups that people can find um, where they can talk in private about these things. And then slowly uh, uh, they may come forward publicly. Um, we now have a law under the uh, new regulations uh, of the National Defense Authorization Act the most recent um, addition of that allows people with non-disclosure agreements like myself to come forward freely mm -hmm. and, and not uh, risk uh, being prosecuted. Retribution, uh, yes. Retribution. Um, and, uh, and so that kind of wording is now getting its way into uh, federal regulations. So uh, things are changing. Things are changing, uh, which will help uh, bring more people forward. But we do have to have more people come forward courageously, especially those that have that have uh, supporting evidence, either documentary or other witness support. Right. Yes, we absolutely do. And this show is a good place for it. We have a couple of yeah. people sharing their experiences in the comments sure. right now. Thank you for, for sharing this with us. Here's a question that Mark Smith shared with us and we had written down to ask you as well. And we've asked this of many experiencers on our show. How has all of this affected your religious beliefs? A lot of people believe that there is a, a connection between the two. Uh, I don't have, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say I don't have religious beliefs, but I, I, I'm not associated with any religion uh, gotcha. I um, in fact my, my beliefs center around um, uh, a universal God if you will um, and obviously the universe is packed full of places where life could exist so we've got to accept that fact that life exists everywhere and and even the Pope um, came out uh, and stated that essentially that um, certainly you know, certainly agreed that there's life uh, outside of our own planet and and that is part of God's plan, right? It's uh, it's all part of God's plan. So, uh, but I understand that certain religions are going to have difficulties. Um, accepting this but as as more and more people understand the re this reality i, I think um, uh, that'll work itself out yeah seems to drive people in one direction or the other mm -hmm. or a nicely blended mix of the two mm -hmm. in terms of religion okay tim you want to dive into some current things going on that we can get mr salas's opinion on well, if you don't mind, and we're joined tonight by Mr. Robert Bob Salas, witness to the famous Maelstrom Air Force incident 
UFO case in Montana in 1967. And Bob, I'm real curious. I noticed, well, I just want to start with this. First of all, all of a sudden we've got spy balloons traversing the country. The most recent one was that we know about was shot not far from CJ and myself off the coast of South Carolina. And a big part of that story was that this spy balloon, which was as big as a bus, crossed over Montana. All right. And some people believe it had the capability of analyzing signals and and other data from our top secret facilities in Montana. And of course, your story is in, integrally tied to Montana. What What's your thoughts on the spy balloon situation? Well, there's no question that we're being spied on. And uh, I have no doubt that uh, this balloon uh, had equipment to um, detect signals. Um, now, everybody in the world I'm sure knows that we have missile bases in Montana. It's been well known uh, for a long time. And uh, uh, so now uh, all I can say is um, uh, the we owe uh, we need to follow through with this subject of uh, what are we going to do with objects, uh, including balloons, if that's what they are, or unknown objects. Um, and so that's what, what was striking in the last Arrow interview that was done um, recently with uh, Senator Gillibrand is she asked <clears throat> Dr. Kirkpatrick whether or not he had been contacted by DOD who was studying the balloon question and he said, well, he uh, gave them their advice, but um, he was not involved in the decision making. So uh, somehow we got to make that a connection where whatever he finds out is <laughs> uh, the right people get informed in DOD. And, uh, and it doesn't look like that's happening right now. I, from my experience with giving my presentation to Arrow, they were having difficulty coordinating with other agencies. Um, they told me that outright um, on getting validation of these uh, stories they're being, uh, you know, the interviews they're doing. So, yeah, it's a real problem. Uh, we have to come to the conclusions sooner, uh, soon, whether these objects and which objects are concerned for national security and which are not. So, yeah. do you think that the government created this program as like a, a, a wag the dog sort of situation that it's just a show? They've got some very intelligent minds working on these things over here while they're actually doing really big things over here if they're having such trouble connecting with other government agencies. To be continued you've been listening to all things unexplained if you liked this podcast please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review if you would like to hear more all things unexplained be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts 
Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. You can support the show by visiting our Linktree account at linktree.com backslash A-T-U podcast. If you can't get enough of us, please check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he has a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.